got Manny Soto in the house. Let's start with the simple stuff. For those of you who do not, or for the people who do not know who you are, what you do, give us a story. What do you do? So my name is Manny Soto. I uh, own a franchise, a financial planning franchise called The Financial Architects. Uh, we've expanded pretty aggressively lately. We've got 24 offices, over 130 reps. Um, I, I started 21 years ago in a, a multi-level marketing insurance company called World Financial Group. Mm. And ever since then, you know, we've, uh, we've grown and expanded and fell down, lost it all and got back up, dusted off. And here we are. What led you to leave WFG and go on your own? Oh man, that, you just get right to the, right to, to the, the point. So uh, I had been in WFG for almost nine years, and uh, I, I think I had a lot of success inside of the company compared to uh, others. I don't think com compared to society, but compared to others, I was truly grateful for the opportunity. I, I learned how to publicly speak, how to uh, remain eye contact focus, uh, how to get charisma in my back pocket, all of these mm. great things. But at the end of the day, I was broke as a joke, you know, still kind of <laughs> homeless in a suit. Damn. So uh, after almost nine years, um, even though if you ever heard me speak, you'd think, dude, this guy's taking down seven figures for sure. Yeah. I was still making a little over $100,000 a year, which in California, shit, that's entry level. Like yeah. you, you can't even afford a cup of noodles at that point. Uh. So there was nine reasons why I left the company and I literally wrote them out. Um, but... That's that's for another podcast. I, <laughs> I, uh, I I was I was recruited by my cousin years ago, and I was seven legs deep, uh, or seven layers deep in a leg. And my primary guy was Ed Milet. Oh wow! Uh, back in the day. No oh, sure. So you know, people that know that are uh, you know, they know what's up. Yep. Yeah, Ed Milet's big time. He's all over social media. He's one of the first guys I ever started listening to. Um, so Milet was crazy. Milet. We had an office in Pomona, California. My let had grown up in Diamond Bar, which is literally three miles away. Correct. And um, I grew up in Diamond Bar. I went to school in Pomona, which is a ghetto-ass uh, city. Respect to Pomona, though. Don't get crazy. <laughs> so uh, it was, it was what, 2002, I believe. I got recruited inside of the company years ago. And the same company that set me free from having a job, a J-O-B, just over broke was the same company that was kind of holding me back from future success. So that was the primary reason why I left. Did you always want to get into the financial services industry or did you just kind of fall into it? <clears throat> no, I was recruited just like anybody else. You know, you, you don't know what you don't know. So mm -hmm. I had a job where I was driving about an hour and a half one way to work, an hour and a half back, falling asleep on a freeway. I was 29 years old and I thought to myself, damn, is this all life has to give to me? And uh, my cousin called me up one day. He says, hey, uh, you need to come to a meeting. I was like, well, what meeting? I started asking a bunch of questions because at that time, you know, being 28, 29 years old, you're a little bit cockier than you are when you're older. And I'm like, you know, what is it? And he said, dude, you're my cousin, you know, just come. And I met him at my grandma's house. We ended up going to the meeting. And that's where I saw my let give a presentation that put me on my heels and I took it like a swan to water. I said to myself, shit, man, if, I mean, the real opportunity is having an opportunity. You think about all these immigrants that are in Africa or in other countries, and they just literally have no opportunity. So that's why they call uh, the United States, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. And when people get here, they're all about it, man. They, they don't make any excuses because they, they didn't have shit. Mm. So when... I had the opportunity, I took it. And, um, you know, about, took me about a year to make any money at all. Yep. My first check was $923.13. And um, that's it. Damn, he remembers the number. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> so let's fast forward a little bit. For sure. Because your story, I'm sure there's a lot to it, but do you remember a point in time where you made the transition <laughs> from broke as a joke to rich as a bitch? Um, I think it was probably, well, shit, dude, I left the company, uh, eight and a half years in, 
Uh, my BMW 7 Series that I acted like I was the man in had black smoke coming out of it. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have 2,300 bucks. As to long fix as you it. got the logo, you know. <laughs> and what's crazy is in that in that practice company I call it years ago. Um, shit, I, I had made close to 400 grand my third year, and again, you know, if if you're spending your money buying the Louis trying to look good and you're not saving it, that's that's really Stupid. that's really retard ridiculous, yeah. I should say. So, um it, it was after I left the company and within about three years after I left that I started picking up my pockets and thinking to myself, damn, I'm making some pretty decent money. So crossing seven figures is is really um That was it? It was a it was a goal. You know how you You've never, I, I had never made $100,000 before in my life. I had never crossed 10 grand a month in my life. So the first time I did it, it was a big deal. You know, I sent my, this is back when fax machines were popping. Okay, bro. What's a fax <laughs> so, machine? You serious? Holy it's shit. So, prints out mad fax. <laughs> so I, I remember faxing my paycheck. I had made $11,000 in a month at World Financial Group, like my fourth month in. And I thought, dude, this is, this is it, it, right? Yeah. And like the next month I made like 300 bucks. You know, I didn't talk about that month, but <laughs> I sent it to her and I was like, I'm the man, you know what I mean? And you know, I had a, I had a head full of steam. My first year I made 62 grand. My second year I crossed six figures. Let's go. So that was a big goal. Mm. And then when I crossed seven figures more than a decade later, I thought, all right, you know, I, I have arrived. Now I'm thinking, shit, man, that ain't shit. I got to go do a deck a million a year. I got to go do a hundred million dollars a year. Hmm. Um, you know, I want to poke a hole in the sky. I'm, I'm just scratching the surface for me. So it's kind of this thing where you cross the finish line just to realize there's another finish line. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about it. It's like leveling up. Yeah. That's yeah. real talk. You know, the association, even in the groups here that were at this event and my buddy uh, Pat is killing it right now i love him i i love the fact that he came from nothing i love the fact that he keeps going for but at some point in time everybody's gonna quit everybody quits whether it's now or when they cross seven figures when they cross 62 grand when they cross whatever they're going to quit at some point in time it's just what is your quitting level what is your degree to quit yeah. and that's what uh, that's what drives me is is the next the next that's why having a different CEO meeting or an executive group to be a part of. And then there's general admission. There's levels to it, you know? If I came in at general admission today or the past three days and you're listening to the podcast, the next step is, shit, man, I gotta get it to executive. I gotta be able to afford mm. executive at $3,200 or whatever the discounted rate is right now. And then at some point in time, I'm gonna get to that CEO level where I could put in 20 racks and, you know, call it a day. Yeah, we talked about that this morning in our vote review. But also what you were saying before, to when you make that first hundred grand, I think it's just such an eye opening experience of like, I can't buy shit yet. Like yeah, I'm still bro. broke. And then you make your first million and you're like, All right, I can buy a couple nice things, but I'm when I'm I still got, not at all I what I want. My first six figures in the bank, all I realize is that I am fucking poor. Poor. I have <laughs> nothing. Yeah. That's all you want. And then when you get there you realize, wow. This isn't this isn't this anything shit. I expected. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like you said, the poke into the next room and trying yeah. to get into the next room, next room, next That's room. That's why I love to be here. It's eye opening, you know, sitting next to somebody like you and Pat, people who have really made the type of money that I'm looking to make. And then to think that even there's a room somewhere where even you guys are the small guys. Mm -hmm. I want to get in that fucking room. Exactly. Like uh, I mean, I was talking to my buddy the other day. He's like, dude, you're you're crushing. I'm like, man, honestly. I don't even feel like that. Like hmm. you put me in a room with Oprah and I tell Oprah that I'm making $120,000 a month or $150,000 a month. Some months I, I crack $200,000. Oprah be like, what's how do wrong? you live on that? <laughs> She's going to go, what's wrong? How do you live on that? How did you get that? I think I bonused back? out one of my employees that. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. so <laughs> she goes, well, guess what? Look under your chair. $300,000. <laughs> it's the truth, man. Success perceived is success achieved normally, mm. but... But it's it's mm. uh, it's wild to even think about. You can be in a room. The again, the true opportunity is having the opportunity. So if you have the opportunity to be in a room with people that are making that type of income, as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, in my mm. opinion, then take that opportunity and run with it. You know, say yes, and then figure it out a little bit later on. Yeah, I like that. 
Now, you, to get in a little bit more of what you do, mm-hmm. you picked the franchise model. I'm very curious because I don't know. I, I know a lot of the guys who are in insurance. My sure. father has his Series 7 and never actually did anything with it. He was in car sales. I didn't know Glenn had his Series 7. Yeah, dude, and his Glenn. name's Glenn. And his name's Glenn. <laughs> dude, he should be a fucking fiduciary. I mean, real talk. It's a good point. Hello, Glenn. How ba- you doing? Bald head, short. <laughs> bald head, five foot four. Looks like he could be trusted. You know, Strong. He'd be, he'd be pretty good. He sells solar, though, with us now, so hey. don't, you're not allowed to talk to him. I, hey, <laughs> He's hey, actually no his sweat. father's manager, this yeah. guy. Here. Love it. Yeah. Lo- so, hey, was he the one in the gray suit the other day? Yes. Dude, what a great guy. Yeah. Man. What a great guy he's like yeah you know that's that's my uh that's my father over there i laughed it up dude he was, he was saying he's the son and you're the father dude, what a strong dude man yeah he's what a, a good strong dude. dude so he quit car sales of 24 years mm-hmm. to come and sell solar for me and it was it's a very weird dynamic mm-hmm. funny uh, coincidence my dad was in the car business for almost 40 years before oh he wow retired. yeah okay strong right so you went the franchise route. What is the difference in that and in, is in, in wealth planning? There's a couple different options. I mean, um, when Pat was up on stage talking about um, art, he was talking about Art Williams. Art Williams was the catalyst to insurance reps pretty much breaking the mold of the average and ordinary pedigree of insurance reps. Um, he started A.L. Williams, and then it eventually turned into Primerica. Primerica turned into mm-hmm. a bunch of split companies like World Financial Group. Uh, I think PFA even came out of there, a bunch of different options from that. So what happens is that big leaders, they grow their own teams. And at some point in time, they get frustrated. They get, they're like, man, so-and-so is making all the money, so I'm just going to split off, and I'm going to start my own company. So what happens is you end up, training and developing some of your strongest competitors which you know personally i I don't i don't agree with that i I think it's frustrating you could sit there until three in the morning talking your your key person into something or or helping them out with something and then only for them to leave two years from now that that might happen in solar that might happen in absolutely it already happens there you go yeah he fired my my best best friend friend. there you go he started a solar company there there you go that's (laughs) that's natural that's par for the course It happens a lot, especially right now in real estate and lending, mortgages. Mm-hmm. So imagine starting a Century 21, hypothetically speaking. You're training, you're developing, you're, you're grinding it, your blood, sweat, tears. You, you pay for every freaking thing. You take them to freaking Mastro's to do all these different things, only for your key person to leave and start Century 22, three miles down the road, and take all your top producers with them. That's Damn. fucked up, you know? Yeah. Like, you're leaning your ladder up against the wrong tree. So... What I came up with was a franchise model, and the franchise model is pretty much, hey, you want to spend time with me? You want to learn financial services? You want to be big time? You want to be a multi-multi-millionaire? Uh, even if you want to work 30 hours a week, 35, years, or 35 hours a week, and you want to make two, $3,000 a month, sure, come on in. The water's warm. But in order to, to make that transition and spend time with me so that I can personally train and develop and mentor you, it's going to cost you thirty to forty thousand dollars just for entry level and buy a franchise. Wow! Mm-hmm. Now the franchise model is not easy though. Uh, building it out is a little bit more difficult than the average company because there's a lot of legalities involved within it. Mm-hmm. So there's something called a, a, an FDD that legally the new franchisee has to look over, review, and it is no, it is not friendly, dude. It's two hundred pages of just minutiae. It, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's no joke. So that's what's different. And it's a model, you know, over 90% of franchises are successful. So if somebody gets into a business and they have the thought of getting into the business, they want a systematic proven way so that it can be successful. And in a franchise model that is proven. Whereas, you know, the other types of models have a really high failure rate, but you know, you got to pay to play. Yeah. I, I actually bought a franchise when I was 19 years old, and I'm one of the 10% who failed, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually like 6%, too. You, God damn, you I suck. Up. You well, screwed the like, mold up. He was like 20. Not even. I was 19. 19 I mean, listen, old, so. it, was, it was not. The, fr- the, the business was very successful in the market they were in. It was in Texas, and I just don't think it was the right business in Connecticut. I tried for a year and a half. I sold the back of the company, lost fifty thousand dollars at nineteen. So. But you, but I don't even think it was a loss. I think it was an investment. You mm-hmm. know, either you win or you learn. You learned. 
Big time. Big so, time. Big time. So, so using that as the preface, the foundation to um, the future, uh, future models, think about an ice cream uh, franchise for a second. Mm-hmm. Ice cream franchise, let's just call it, let's just call it um, ABC company cost $40,000, $50,000 for the franchise. Boom, I paid it. Now you got to pay a percentage back to the franchise as the franchisee. Mm-hmm. Then you got to worry about it raining. God forbid it's in freaking New York, right? And it rains. You're like, shit, dude, I got no customers coming in, if not maybe 20 of them. Right. If you have 100 people that walk into your ice cream parlor and you sell it at an average of $6 an ice cream, that's $600 a day. Times 30 days in a month, that's $18,000. If your overhead is more than $18,000 a month, which a lot of the times it is, that franchise is squeezing out very small profits. In financial services, it's the number one business to be involved into uh, financially. You could Google that. Mm-hmm. It's yep. got unlimited income. Like there's no real cap on the income. So you're paid based on what you do, not who you do. So that's that's pretty sexy. And then you got $84 trillion with a T, $84 trillion of wealth being passed down from one generation to, to the, the next. next. So mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother, they're all going to be rolling over wealth at some point in time. And everybody wants to know, do they have a living trust? Do they have the right life insurance? Do they have the right annuity in place? God forbid we run out of money and they live too long. Holy shit, what's going on? Yeah. All these different variables that can happen, but nobody knows how to do it, which is awesome because I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good fucking market to look into. So, when it's so going back to your initial question is yeah. Why franchise? It's to me, it's more, there's so much transactional money out there. I mean, a regular Bob and Mary Smith, you can make 25, 30 racks in one appointment. And, you know, Mary's a nurse and Bob's a construction worker. Uh, They're a basic family. So for me, it's about maxing it out. It's about, all right, man, I want to get the most dime uh, out out of this visit. So I don't want to be capped. And that's a big deal to me. It's interesting because when I look at it, it seems it's almost like you're selling away a piece of or that person is now representing your company to the fullest, owning a portion of it and really representing that office. So how is that process? Are you really, really dialed into who you're let buying into this franchise? Yeah, there's requirements. Yeah. So I have a chief operating officer. He's he's really ear to the ground when it comes to that. And uh, we're picky. You know, we had a guy, I, I believe, up north. Northern California, because I'm from Southern California. Um, he was an engineer. He, you know, he didn't know that many people, and he wasn't in sales. You know, nice shoe, but doesn't fit. We'll do a financial plan for you, but you should not buy a franchise. You're not in sales. You don't have a, a CRM with 500 people in it already. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be a pedigree to who is shopping for the franchise, and you can't be so thirsty where you want thirty thousand dollars on any Bob out there. That's that's going to be pitching your products and services yep now uh, what what risks do you run of of franchising to the wrong guy right other than tarnishing the name is there any financial loss what could happen to you there's still risks i mean uh you got to pay for attorney fees of course mm-hmm. uh we have a couple attorneys on on a payroll that we that we have that uh dissect the different agreements uh i have staff of course that runs the operations inside of the franchise model uh, me, myself, my time. So if I'm sitting there for a week and for 38 hours sharing and showing a new franchisee about what's the difference between term insurance and permanent, what is a variable annuity versus a index annuity, all those specifics go into that 38 hours. Mm. So if I can make $38,000 or $40,000 over a week's time, you need to pay for my time because I'm taking right. time out away from my busy schedule so that I can try and teach and develop you and your staff to become really good at the financial services model. So there's a lot of risks involved, but I mean, I, I try and mitigate as many risks as possible. There's got to be a strong vetting process. You're probably looking specifically for people with uh, with experience in the game and definitely sales. Sales. People. Sales. Yeah. That's the number one most important specific. Uh, respect to an employee, but a guy that works at Jiffy Lube, for example, again, respect to these people. I've been there. They're not going to be successful in a in a financial services company 
that is sales driven because they don't have any sales experience. Yeah, they don't have the skill set. It's just not the skill set to match. Now, do I, am I saying that it's not possible? No, absolutely. It is of possible. Of course. But it's going to take this guy or gal two years, three yeah. years just to get to the point where they're like, all right, man, I think I can make a quarter million dollars. In absolutely. Financial I can plan. speak to that. I was I was tool belting there you go. before I got into the accident and then boom, I'm not I don't want to tool belt with a fucking bum leg. Yep. So what I do, start using my head. 100%. Selling, killing. 100%. And it was right for me. Thank 100%. God I lost that bum foot. I was, absolutely. I, I think solar is is awesome, guys, That's by the way. Right I think now. solar is is next in line, quite honestly. I really think that uh, if, not, if not peers in that uh, prospect of making money, especially in California. I mean, shit, dude, if you guys were in California, you wouldn't just come kick it with me you'd sell a ton of solar you know what i mean we're in new york new york is, has got to be either the hottest or second hottest no california is number one or well, sorry hawaii fought. is well, number one california is number two really? california, california just yeah, got hawaii, rid of their net metering I, it doesn't matter dude trust you me. still think yeah. so okay, they, i don't know man they, we, we, oh, right, let's have a debate all right <laughs> we get that I whole think topic new where it's so at. listen just solar population and, alone though i would argue because california has close to 40 million people in population mm. there so when you think about market cap, that's that's a pretty big cap. Um, I mean, think about, it, dude, Canada, the whole country of Canada, California has more people in California than the whole country of Canada. I did not know that. Yeah. Dude, that's California wild. That's has a like, wild stat. California wild. has like 700 solar companies in California. It's fucking insane. Sorry, not sorry. I would I say it's a, it's a. <laughs> yeah. I would say it is it is more competitive. I will say that. Oh yeah. But I like competition, man. I did a Zoom the other day with this guy from. Um, I won't say the name of the company, but it rhymes with Primerica. And I just, <laughs> I had his ass for lunch, man. I I just demolished him, man. He uh, he really needed a bag of lunch because I said, man, I just asked him a couple different questions, and I told the client, I said, she was a little bit, oh no, you know. I'm, I'm just asking you some questions because, you know, so-and-so, I'm thinking about going a different direction. I go, let's, let's, let me just talk to him. Let's go. You know, it, if there's a debate to be had, let's sit there, go through the debate. I ask questions. He asks questions. We see which one's the best route to go. Yep. Mm. And always, whoever gets more crazy immediately is always the one that's going to lose the conversation. Because mm. I let them know real quick. And I laid the foundation. Same thing. I say, hey, John, real nice to meet you, bro. You know. Heard about your company, it's amazing. You guys are doing some great things. I'm gonna ask you some questions. You're gonna ask me some questions. And it's really just to make sure that so-and-so gets the best opportunity to make as much money long-term with whatever she's looking for, security or non-security. Cool, cool, let's go. So then I ask him one question, the dude's like, let me tell you about us, blah, blah. I go, man, you lucky this is by Zoom. You know what I'm saying? Don't let the shirt and tie fool you, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's, many, what's your many. thoughts on, uh, on like, bashing another company? I don't like bashing other companies unless uh, they, they threw the first blow. So it's like first blood, man. You, yeah. I, I'm cool until we're not cool. So... You know, I, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't sign up for the argument, but I'm definitely gonna quell the argument. I like and that. And that's why that's why I like hanging out with people like that. You know, as long as there's a good foundation point where you say, All right, I wanna have a I wanna have a, a decent conversation about A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. Cool. Let's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. But the first hook they throw, you better be ready to get hit back. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Don't slap me if you ain't looking to get punched. Man, I, I wish I could have saw that combo. That's probably fun for you. Yeah. I got Did you say it. you're well, driven by madness, man? I'm waiting, dude. I'm waiting for, for her to send me the Zoom. It's going to be tight. It's you're going to post it on Instagram yeah, bro, and react be, to your own shit? It's going to be on my oh, you reel. got it recorded? I think she got it recorded. I, she wow. still She still not sent it to me because it was on Zoom. And one of my guys freaking uh, didn't record it right. JD didn't record it right. I was like, oh, Come man, on, I'm JD. so mad. I know, right? But uh, not... Not my man there, not Jeff, but no, uh, I know. I'm but talking yeah, to Jim. <laughs> yeah, JD was, you know, lagging it that day. But anyways, all right. So competition, madness, talking about other people, and uh, I think PBD is in the same belief that, you know, someone talks shit a little bit, he's ready to swing back as well. Yeah, so as what, you uh, should. what, what, what was your Volt experience like? I know this is your first Wait, one, right? Before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit more about you before we start on the sure. Volt because okay. we got a tons of questions about the Volt. But sure, I sure. want to know a little bit about your day to day grind. What does that mm. look like? What's your Monday to Friday look like? What are you doing? What problems are you solving? 
at this point. I didn't mean to salt and pepper Vault in there, but uh, I, I think that Vault has reignited a lot of the juices that, that I had had previously. Mm. You know, there, there's a... There's a silent genius in recruiting people that are over 25, under 40. They have a lot more testosterone. Mm -hmm. They have a lot more grease in them. They have a lot more uh, push, if you will. Getting warrior. A, Those, that's the warrior class. Absolutely. That is the warrior class. I would agree with that. There's, there's uh, there, what is it? There's squire, and then there's the prince, and then there's the, the king. And during the course of these three generational molds, you, you turn into different people. And over time, you know, you just need to recognize it and then utilize it for the company's advantage. But I, I'm, I, I don't like to stay chill. I, I have no chill, you know what mm. I mean? Like in business, of course. So I, I always want to go to the next level. But I don't have a scripted day-to-day. -day. My Mondays are normally the most scripted where Monday morning I get up somewhat early. I read my goals. Um, I do my 20 push-ups. Sometimes it's 50. And then, uh, and then I get it going. I, I might have, uh, I don't have any breakfast. I do drink a, a black coffee. You guys all know the, the health part of that. Yep. I won't yeah. get into that. We all fast. I haven't eaten there you go. In the morning, today. Yeah. I won't eat till two o'clock. That's my usual. Nice, there you go. So I stopped eating last night at a certain time. You, you know the deal. So, yep. so I get into the office. We have a 9 a.m. full-timers meeting and my staff knows exactly what to have dialed in. So they got the music on a half hour before the meeting. They have the chairs set up. I have the message ready. Because normally on a Sunday night, like tonight, I will do something called HOP. HOP stands for Hour of Power. This is Tony Robbins, okay? Mm, I've heard of it. So I just put a YouTube on the YouTube channel uh, of ours, the Financial Architects, about Hour of Power. What to specifically ask yourself to get in the right state and to get your week proper. So when I do that, I already have uh, a set Monday ready to go. So I got my uh, who I need to follow up with. I got my what do I need to get accomplished. Uh, I got my, my pictures of, of my family and, and what I'm trying to accomplish, right? I got all these things ready to go. So when I come in on a Monday and I have advisors of mine, normally we have about 20 to 23 show in person, and then I have about 15 to 20 on Zoom. When they come in late, I'm, f I'm fucking fired up. Like, hey, you're 10 minutes late again, dude. Like, what the fuck? So they pay a $10 late fee when they come in late. No bullshit. No bullshit. That's yeah. real shit. Yeah. We're doing okay. that in the I office. I was just going to say I'll implement that too. There's got to be a penalty. There's got to be pains and pleasures. And I came up with that years ago uh, because if I had a $15,000 check waiting for them and it's got their name on it, they would have been there early. Mm -hmm. So the fact sure. that they showed up late is not that the dog ate their homework or there was traffic. They don't value they have zero value in coming to the meeting on time. Mm. The same applies for someone that doesn't show up. They have no, I did not create some type of value. So I know uh, I'm a realist. So I know that if I wanna change my people, I'm gonna have to change my people. So if they don't show up or, or they come in late, then I gotta go get a new one. I gotta mm. put more wood in the fire. So that's what I I'll like do that, on a that Monday. That one almost went over my head. If I don't change my people, I need to change my people. That's if, right. That's, if you want to change your people, you have to change, change your, your people. people. Okay. That's a bar. There you go. That's a bar. There you go. Hook it. So, yeah, the fax machine. so, so that's <laughs> the deal. Don't, if, if you're an entrepreneur, you own a business and you're expecting the same guy or gal to do something different and they've been there for three years and they're still producing to a certain level, it's not your fault anymore. It's theirs. So if they choose to do something better, bigger, move to the next level, that's up to them. They become parent deaf at a certain point in time. So the only way to get their asses moving is to get a brand new person, spend all the time possible with a brand new person and lift that brand new person up to the point where the, the other person goes, shit, man, this person's gonna pass me up. Manny's not taking it. Manny's not even paying attention to me anymore. There's a reason for that. Now, wait, you don't believe in, let's say, you know, like you said, you got that guy, he's performing at a certain level. He's been stuck there for a while. You don't send his ass to the vault with a ticket and say, come back a new person or there will be a new person. I'll tell you this right now, bro. Um, I bought yesterday, I bought my CEO ticket and I bought 20 tickets. Uh, then I got 28 people's commitments uh, yesterday. Wow. So I'll probably have 50 people here next year. Wow. So I don't, I ain't fucking around. Like, and I don't talk about it. I, I do it. Like, I ain't got time for that shit. So, so 
I do believe that if you take them out of their normal minutiae, you know, they go to work to pay bills, go to work to pay bills, and then you grab them and take them to the vault 2024. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to make some difference. But I got to tell you, big events are like underwear, bro. Everybody's got them. So when, when somebody goes to the big event, believe it or not, you have 10 guys. There's going to be maybe one guy that makes a m massive, powerful decision, yep. and they take massive action. The others, you guys doing a fucking podcast on a Sunday, maxing everybody's time out. Hell That's yeah. genius. That's something that other groups do not do. They will not do. So you're already doing things that other people do not do. So your mind, body, and spirit already thinks, I deserve to win. I deserve Hell to fuck yeah. things up. I deserve yeah. to be something big. That yeah. Listen, there's the fucking beach right there. Whoa. We can see it out of the fucking window. We're at the nicest resort in fucking Hollandale Beach. And here we are on a Sunday after three days of doing the vault. That's yep. why we do a podcast. We were supposed to have two other ones scheduled today. They canceled. And now we got another one fucking backed up. So we got another podcast Love coming it. in now. Yeah. Love That's it. why the fuck. They're out there enjoying the pool. That's why they got to share one. I'm going to have right. mine. I'm gonna That's, right. <laughs> That's right. I took my son to Vegas. Same, same applies. Took my son to Vegas a couple weeks ago. Got a bottle service for everything. Every day. We were there for three days. Uh, we got there uh, late at night. Next next day was a pool party. Got a bottle. That night, got a bottle. The the next day, got a bottle. The the <laughs> night after, got a bottle. My son my son was like, God damn! There's no way that my son goes back to Vegas and thinks, Hey Bob, let's go to the corner of the pool and grab a six pack. You know what I'm saying? Like like he's got to fucking level up. Yo, There's got to be bottle service. You got to drop thirty five five grand and and get a bottle and have an area. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be the broke dude at the edge of the pool with a fucking six pack, thinking to yourself, Hey man, let, go talk to that chicken bottle service. Get the fuck out of here with that. I I feel like I'm laying you up for this question now. How much do you believe in work hard, play hard? Oh, come easy. on, bro. You already know. <laughs> Actually, I used to go a lot harder years ago, but, you know, now as as I'm um, turning into a senior fucking citizen, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't go that hard. I think I came home last night at like around three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. But I think that was only because I'm in Florida and California's three hours behind. So, mm, so you're used to it. This is really midnight <laughs> for you. You are not that late. I drink less. I would say that I I don't. I'm not one of those uh, saints that won't drink at all. I'm not saying anything is bad about that. I think that's terrific. If someone made a decision to do that and they felt like that was what's holding them back, whatever your excuse is, no problem. Uh, it is what it is. You know, the chains of habit are too light until they're too heavy to be broken. So mm. whatever your habits are, cool. The Manny-isms are fucking on fire. Yeah. Oh, I'm sick, the Manny-isms. Listen, I got one more question. <laughs> he goes, some sick was, run with it. <laughs> I was with my let almost nine years, and I bet David is one of my boys. So, I mean, it's real difficult not to have something For real. salt and pepper into my mind. So, you mentioned my let. You mentioned Tony Robbins. Obviously, you're close with PBD. These got to be your mentors. Who are your mentors? You know, my my number one mentor was uh, Milet. Uh, wow. I spent eight and a half years with him. It, it was not, I remember first meeting him and I didn't have a license and I wanted his recognition. I wanted him to notice me. So back then in the meeting systems, uh, you there was this meeting where you had to invite guests. I mean, it's, it's the MLM yeah. uh, deal of the century, right? So you bring more guests, you get more recognition. So I remember back then, he just made me feel like a fucking superstar. You know, I was 28, 29 years old. I go to the meeting and I brought four guests. And, you know, if you brought a guest, stand up. So you stand up. If you brought two guests, remain standing. Remain standing. Brought three guests, remain standing. And there'd be like me and another guy. I brought four guests, remain standing. The guy would sit down. Manny Soda, what a champion. What? You're a business astronaut. Let me tell you, man, this guy's always bringing guests. His Bane would pop out right here. He's a champion. This guy's going to be the next coming. Blah, 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 blah. He'd hype me up so bad. And I, I got like fucking $200 in my checking account. I barely made the freaking rent payment. I'm like, yeah. I'm, and everyone's looking at me, clapping and shit. It's a hero-making machine, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. right? Even though, again, it took me a year just to make my first check, I wanted to be recognized. I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to do something great. And my family just had not given me that type of opportunity. And I hadn't had that opportunity at all once again. So I knew that I had to do something to be recognized. And that was the number one thing. 
The number two thing is I really, really, I got to soak up how this person spoke on a weekly basis. So we'd have an, a full-timers meeting on a Monday morning. We'd have a Tuesday night op meeting. Then we'd have a Saturday morning op meeting. And the way that he would move a crowd was just special. You know, the way that he would articulate his words. He'd touch somebody in the, in the audience. I learned all that stuff. He'd great, keep great contact. He always told me, you know, within five minutes, if you can make the crowd laugh and cry, you got them right where you want them and you can mm. accomplish anything. Right. And that's what got mm. me, you know, you know, what, um, what he taught me was just priceless. It wasn't that he sat me down and said, Manny, he called me Sexy Max. He goes, Sexy Max, come here. <laughs> Let me tell you some champion. Let me tell you some champion. You're going to be somebody big. Let me tell you why. The, the charismatic way about you is just special, man. The way that you walk into the audience, it's just special. And I'd be like, kidney candy store, bro. Yeah, yeah, just tell me more. Just tell me. Stop it some more, please. And, <laughs> and I think to myself, damn, dude, you know, um, just everything about him just was, was so, like, mind-blowing. Even when he said, you know, uh, we'd go to convention. And so, Pat talked about it when, when we were here at the vault. He said, hey, the first night, he goes, I know you guys, we're in, we're in Florida. It's beachy. There's a lot of bars outside. Don't drink. Same thing. And every time I'd go out with my buddies, I'd always be at a bar. And I made a decision to myself. I wasn't going to do that. I was going to bite the bullet. I was going to pay the price. I was going to do something special. And the only way that you can do that is by making major sacrifices. Yeah. So I learned it all from him. He was one of my very big mentors Pat was more like my my buddy, man. I, I love Patrick. I, you know, I I uh, I have I have grand mal seizures. So, uh, I got in a car accident when I was 18 years old. Oh, it shit. gave me seizures, and I thought to myself, "Shit, man, I don't know if life is ever gonna be the same." So, one time we were at a because we took all these trips. Me and Patrick were, dude, over over the course of uh, eight years, we went on Hawaii trips, went to Greece together, we went to uh, Italy. We've been all over the world. And he was my favorite sideline. That was my boy, dude. That's my, my buddy. You know, Ed, people talk shit about players, too. So, you know, I get one of the guys on the trips, and they made the trip. So it says, you know, they're up there. And I get them talking to shit about Pat. And, you know, I never had to take, take Pat to the side be like, hey, bro, uh, so-and-so's talking shit about you. He already knew. Everybody knows. That's par for the course. But whenever they start, start talking shit, I'd be like, Hey, dude, didn't he kick your ass in the leader's bulletin the end of the day? And it's really <laughs> quick to just stop talking shit yeah. by saying, boom, there's his numbers. What yeah, about numbers yours? Numbers don't lie, bro. Yeah, numbers don't lie. People do. So whenever I get into a bunch of these different scenarios, I'm always like, let's rock. So Pat was more like a buddy. Now, from the vault experience and knowing him personally over the course of the past couple of years, shit, two decades, he has really grown and evolved into something absolutely special. This is a special man. Again, everybody quits. I don't see this motherfucker quitting anytime soon. He he's going he's someplace. He's got too much fire in him. He just said he's going on a 40-year run in media. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a 40-year run at 44. Bro. He ain't stopping. And it's either get on, get on board or be left behind. Right. That's, that's the right. message I'm getting. And for everybody that wants to make a difference... Normally they go, I want to make a difference. <laughs> All right, motherfucker, here's what it is. You got to do, you got to sacrifice a lot of birthday parties. You got to sacrifice a lot of time away mm. from this, a lot of time away from that. You got to make all these sacrifices. And then they go, oh man, I don't know if I could do that. I got money though. <laughs> okay, cool. Write me a check. Come on. You're part of the checking account option. Mm. <laughs> there's, the, there's the money part. And then there's part of the movement where there's people, bodies spending time to get to the certain point that they'd like to be in. Mm. And I mean, it, it's ignorance if, if uh, you don't know or you don't know that there's going to be some type of sacrifice to get to a certain place. And I think he's ready for that. And, and again, he's my boy, dude. So I, I don't really like, I don't sit there and go, all right, bro. So how do I open up my, my next 400 offices? What do you think? It, I don't, um, that's my boy. It's not that I don't respect what he's what he's saying because I absolutely do, and I'll probably go and you know treat him to lunch or dinner one of these days. I come down because I try and visit him at least once a year, mm -hmm. and um, and I'm gonna ask him about business because I, I I respect everything that he says because he's done way more studying than the average person, yep. and that's somebody that I want to take counsel from. Yeah. So uh, so mentor, I would say my let um, somebody that I believe can be 
my mentor, if he takes that opportunity in the future, is someone like Bed David. We were running mates before, and I think he's done a lot more work on himself uh, than I have. And I would, I would love to be mentored by by Bed David. And I know that he'd be like, yeah, sure, let's rock and roll. But I, I want to earn it. I'm not. That's mm. something that's not given. That's earned. So I want to take that seriously. I love that answer a lot. Hell yeah. I want to ask you this question too, because you're a, you're a guy who's an extremist, so to speak, and I feel like you go above and beyond. You do a lot of wild shit. What is the craziest you've gone or farthest you've gone in making a point about leadership or some kind of extreme you've done with your team to prove a point? Because you just said you make people pay $10 if they're late. So give me some extreme scenarios you, you might have. Give me have. some shit that HR might not want to hear yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. So if it's got to go to the lawyer, we can send it to the lawyer. He sat back in his seat. Don't do it, Maddie. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't think I get, you know, again, coming back to, to the vault, this is my first vault. This is my first vault experience. Really? And I'm surprised to hear that. And going back to that, you know, I, I was at 73 degrees. Mm. I was at my comfort level and now experience, uh, experiencing something like this is, to me, not just not just life changing. It's 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 emotional. It's inspirational, if you will. And now going from seventy three and thinking to myself, okay, if you want to go to eighty five, here's the sacrifices you need to make. But here's all the wild, great things that you can you can look forward to experiencing. Mm. So I haven't challenged my team a lot in the past. I got to be real with you guys. In the past couple of years, it's been cruise control, like. Making seven figures with a company is, is fairly easy. Um, you just need to motivate, inspire their, them to do some different things and obviously throw more wood in the fire. Yeah. So as time goes on, you're, you're just constantly adding more and more uh, raw material to your machine. And then you will eventually get to $5 million and $10 million and $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. But who wants to be fucking 65 making $20 million a year? I want to be a lot younger making that type of dough. Mm. So um, the, challenge, the challenge of teammates hasn't been real in, in a few. I got to tell you that. Um, but I am going to challenge people to come back to the vault. And if they don't. Well, yeah, you just said still, you bought 20 tickets. Yeah. And then I'm the going to sell day. it to my guys because I'm not giving them that shit. So. So coming back, you know, if if they're not willing to invest in themselves, why am I investing into them? Mm, great so point. So I, I uh, I'm gonna make that statement, that bold statement. My next meeting, my next leaders, my leadership meeting is on Tuesday, at 11:30 a.m. Pacific, and we normally have anywhere between 15 to 20 leaders on the Zoom because these are my brokers. Having 24 branches is is somewhat difficult. Imagine having 50. So uh, I want to I want to make sure I huddle them up and and let them know this is going to be the standard, guys. Here's my expectation. Just like when I grab a brand new broker, I say, here's my expectation. My expectation is you have to do this in production. Uh, You have to do this in credibility. I don't want you to dress like a freaking loser to the meetings. All these different things. That's my expectation, right? Don't be cheating on your wives and doing a sideways shit all the time. You know, that's my expectation. What's your expectation? Because I would be ignorant to think that they don't have an expectation of me as a leader. Yep. So that's that's my answer to your question is that I don't think I've been real challenging because I've been kind of like, you could lay back in the cut and just chill. Yep. But yeah, the challenge is coming. I yep. would agree with you. I, I'll be honest, like I've been the same way. I'm younger, I'm 24 and I uh, making very good money. And there was a point for like the last six months to eight months where it's just like making a lot of fucking money and it's kind of easy to just chillax and not really, yeah, not really push you. Will people come late to a meeting? All right, whatever. It doesn't matter. He doesn't sell as many deals. All right, it doesn't matter, you know? And then now, same shit. It's like you come here and you just, now I'm wired again. Keep in mind, bro, the, the more casual you are, mm-hmm. the more casualties you will check off. Oh. So you're oh. going to have you're gonna have a lot of casualties in yeah. business if you're too casual. Yep. Yeah, and we got to step it up. I'm just, ca- I, I don't like to be the mean guy. That's another thing I learned about Pat while I'm here yeah, is like, because yeah. a lot of the guys I hire are my boys, or at least I've, I've been friends with them since high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I bring them on and then it's hard for me to 
reprimand them or, or say something to them. So I just, listen, bro, it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then right. all of a sudden it's like, well, now this guy's only doing one sale a month. Right. We used to do six. Yeah. What bad the fuck the is going too. on? It's so right. bad for the culture when we let everybody get stagnant. I wanted, to, I wanted to finish because uh, I, I mentioned seizures and I wanted to finish this story that I had about Pat. So we were at one of these events. Um, I think it was Grand Cayman Islands, if I don't, uh, if I remember correctly. But I'm playing volleyball with another with all these guys that have won the contest as well. So I started losing my eyesight because you know I have I have seizures. And the one guy that brought me up to my room and stayed with me for about two hours was Pat. The one guy uh, was Bet David. So when this guy says he's a teammate and he's a long-term thinker and he's I'm not even on his team at this point. I'm, 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 I'm his sideline. That's my boy. Right. And he didn't have to do that. He could have went back downstairs and, you know, played some volleyball with all his teammates and everyone else. But he legit wanted to make sure that I was okay, that I was going to be okay. And, yeah, I was going to sleep it off. But at the same time, you know, he's, he, he's just a good dude, man. Yeah, he'll challenge you in a dog fight. Uh, but that's, that's, the, that's the guy, the teammate. I would never call him an enemy, but... That's the teammate, my sideline at that particular point in business that you love to have, man. The same guy that's poking at you is going to be the same guy that's that's making sure that you're good. Yep. So real love. That's why I wanted to I, I wanted to finish that story as we talked about it. So it's dope. It's awesome. Yeah. Of course, it's Pat. All right, tell us about your experience at the vault. Who was your favorite person? What do you think of the guys? What do you think of the event? I want specifics. I want your favorite quote. Your favorite guy. Why? Give it to us. Uh, every event that I go to, whether it's my event or an external event, any event that I go to, I normally do after the day is over, not the event. The day is over, I overview. Hmm. And the dude from the restaurant, Will, Will Gadara. Uh, Gadara, he was he was shockingly impressive. Uh, that was the first day. I remember w- running out because I had to piss. Um, <laughs> Like, man, I was like running to the bathroom. Then I had to run back, right? Yeah. And Mario, my buddy, for years as well. But Mario uh, was here. He's like, dude, you're gonna miss Will. I was like, bro, I came to see Pat. Like, Pat is the one that I wanted to see. But I'm gonna, I'm rushing it. So I run there. I run back, and I'm so glad I did. As I'm taking copious notes. There was a lot of different nuggets that this guy dropped, man. Like, Gems, yeah, dude. Yeah. Gems. Like going above and beyond for your for your client or your your uh, valued client, I should say. You know, doing things above what you need to or want to do as part of the value proposition to your business. And I probably have, I don't know, a roughly 2,000 personal clients of mine. And it's so hard getting rid of my financial planning clients because you made them a promise. You said, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in your life for the next 30 years doing mm-hmm. financial plans for you. Make sure little Johnny goes to college and make sure that uh, your grandkids get all of the uh, wealth distributed the way that you should. Because every year you're supposed to meet with these clients again and again and again. And I feel like, man, what a lost opportunity, like applying it to me, what a lost opportunity in the financial planning space because all these guys trusted me going in and I'm still not, in my opinion, treating them the way that they should be treated. So I, I feel that that resonates with me in a big way. Awesome. With my customers is the same thing. So, uh, so what I do is I write down something that I got and then what it actually action, the action plan behind what I got from it. Mm. And my thing was, I'm going to have a client appreciation night and it's going to be sick. Like I'm going to invest in, in my clients. If, if I put 20 grand to come here to the vault, I should at least put 20 grand to my 2000 clients on on an invite to come down and have a nice dinner. You know what I mean? Invest in those who invested in you. Absolutely. So I think that, that that's something that I got out of will loved, loved what he said throughout. Um, Pat really, what got me on Pat was the booklet He's really so dialed in and organized, and and uh, I'm sure he learned that over time. But I'm I'm not looking to recreate the wheel, as my my buddy Jeff says. I just I just got to copy it. So that 
that planner, I have a binder already, but I don't have one where you actually participate in the educational deals, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm putting that together for the franchise training and we do a two day crash course on financial planning. So I'm gonna put that together for the, for, for the um, financial planning class as well as that question in the booklet where it talked about the 90 days, the three month period that you were most on it. What, what was it? What was it that drove you? That got me. Yeah. Cause I actually did the questions that night. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some people went to the bar, got shit faced. I did the question. I went back to my room. Well, uh, you know, other people did other things and I literally wrote out like, what the fuck was I doing? Damn. I was broke. I was like, I had a gut of fire. I was ready to go. Right. You know, I was driving fucking 60 miles away to make 800 bucks. Right. Like, I wrote damn. the same fucking thing. Yeah. Dude. You know Broke, what I, you Hungry. See? It was right when I got you know in the solar I and I was fucking motivated. It made me think is that you always need to be in that 90 days because you're either ascending or descending. Mm -hmm. So you need to be in that 90 days. And we are. I, I'm in my 90 right now. If Love I ask it. myself that in 90 days from now, it's going to be the last 90 days. And when you fall out of that, that's when you're fucking up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think. That's it. Dude, you guys have a good dynamic because... Because you guys are running mates. Hmm. So even challenging well, he can't each really other, run. I'm a jogger. He's, he's more of a walker. <laughs> I'm the sideline guy. I got a scooter. Sick scooter. <laughs> no, did you see Tony on the scooter, man? Like, sick. <laughs> scooter mate. Love it. Dude, I had to write down the customer appreciation, too. That's what I was looking to yeah. uh, grab my phone before. No, I like no that, doubt, like a bro. Day that's or dope. Yeah, I like that's that dope. a lot. But, so uh, so anyway, that's the more, number one thing yeah. on, the, on the first night, yeah. I just wanted to say one more thing about Will Gadara. We're coming into this event, and I'm like, oh, my God. I can't wait to see Tom Brady. I can't wait to see Mike Tyson. And then Will Gadara comes up, and I'm like, there's no way anyone's going to have more value than that. Yeah, dude, that was the <laughs> I'm like, number one guy, fucking dude. Pat knows how to pick yeah. him, dude. Yeah, man. That was the number one 100%. speaker that 100%. came in was Will Gadara. Yeah, He's, big time. Mike Tyson and Tom Brady were entertainment, man. But yeah, like, it was like it was cool to but be around. Fucking Will Gadara, just every sentence, mm -hmm. and I loved how he talked. Like just. <laughs> so here's what I did. I yeah. the ticket with the coat hanger. Yeah. I don't want the ticket. Yeah. And just like it was buy so, the hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the hot dog thing, just everything, man. Imagine that guy he bought a fucking hot dog and told a seasoned chef. Serve this in our strong. in our restaurant in, strong. in a vegan restaurant, mind you. <laughs> That's strong. That was incredible. So, yeah. all right, let's uh, let's finish it up with some stuff about it, financial planning. What? Um, well, where are you? Let's. Uh, I want to do a little more of the vault. Tony's like, hold favorite, on a second. Fa right, favorite quote. Ahead, What's your ahead. favorite quote? And why? Favorite quote. Shit. Uh, so I, I did like. Um, it wasn't necessarily a quote, but it was it was Tyson. If it, just like that guy said. Uh, on the mic, he, he pretty much said, listen to what he, what he was talking about, belief. You know, all he talked about was belief, 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 belief. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I think, again, going back to my let, uh, he always used to say that too, was belief. Here's specifically what he would say. Belief drives everything. If you believe you can, you can. If you believe you cannot, you cannot. Mm. So belief drives everything. What was my Instagram post this morning? I didn't see you it. You saw it? You fucking posted it. I said the same exact thing on my Instagram yeah. this morning. What belief. Yeah. yeah. But it, there's two things that matter. What I say, belief, and what else? Belief and energy. My Your energy is oh, everything, yes. and you got to yes. fucking yeah. believe in things. That's my it. favorite iteration yeah. of that is whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Always. Also, Mike Tyson was my favorite, but the quote was, I'm not valuable because I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy because I'm valuable, Ooh. and I want to remember that once I'm make while I'm making Ooh. my way up. That one, that one got me. That was strong. He had some good ones. That is strong. like when he was like, "I got a pick." I got to take a piss. <laughs> and then he's like, "I'm coming." <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was he's wild. Fucking hilarious. Shit. Yeah, that was strong. That he's was a strong. character, man. He's an absolute character. Yeah, that was strong. What else you got? I'll let you take it, Zach. I was gonna go into, uh, 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 and I know. This might be whatever. I'll ask it and you can tell me. Sure. I would like to go into the actual wealth financial planning and maybe some advice for people if they're younger or, or whatever stage of what they're in. What's the most important thing for somebody to look at when they're talking about financial planning? My daughter's 14. Um, I have a TikTok. I have an Instagram, you know, all that good stuff. And the number one video that got the most views on my TikTok was me 
sharing with my daughter how to save money. Mm. It's crazy. Interesting. It's crazy. So she was washing the rims on my Porsche. And I gave her a hundred bucks to wash my rims. <laughs> so I gave I her love it. <laughs> so I gave her a hundred bucks to wash my rims. Mm-hmm. Just the rims. Because you know, if you have good rims, the whole car looks fucking spotless, right? Clean shoes, like, baby, make a difference. Baby. So so I gave her a hundred bucks and you know with TikTok it's gotta be quick, right? Mm-hmm. Every three seconds, the frames. So I give her a hundred bucks and then I tell I tell the audience I said you know she gets a hundred bucks she's got to put ten bucks in her savings account ten bucks into her uh, crypto account and ten bucks into her long term investment account the rest is seventy dollars she could spend however she'd like to and she's in the background jumping up for seventy bucks right it's true in everything <laughs> even <laughs> us you have to save at least thirty percent of what you make mm-hmm. period it, I don't give a shit what you put it into to be honest with you just the habit of saving your thirty percent. You're done in 20 years. Like if you get aggressive about saving 30% of what you make for the next 18 to 20 years, you're, it's a wrap. Ready? Ready for this one? I hate when people tell me that because for some reason I always say 50, fuck 30, but now it's becoming too much. Now Mm -hmm. it goes in my account and it sits there. But now I got this other problem is I got to get that shit out of my account. I got to go put it somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. You got to hit me up, bro. I'm going to point it in New York. We're uh we're in fifty states, so okay. we're wow. in all fifty states. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, done data. So first fifty percent, it's just like winning. So yeah. some people work thirty percent of the time, other people work fifty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It's always the guys that work fifty percent of the time. It doesn't matter whether they're talented or not talented. They're gonna get, you know, the juice and what they want hmm. a Damon, lot quicker. Damon John just had something about that. He posted the other day the three two one rule. Do you remember what it was? No, I was curious if he did. He works a lot with Damon John, the shark from. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, Shark yeah, Tank. Yeah. We work a lot with him, but cool. um, he just said something right about that. It was a really good analogy, and I can't remember. It, He's so doing a whole campaign it. about teaching kids how to save money. Yeah, it was, there oh, was something about that. three, two, yeah. one that was fucking awesome. Like He's that. got a book it. out, and it's like he's the magic man. He's got the magic hat on, and he's teaching kids how to save, which is pretty cool. Um, what is what, uh, so? Uh, that's too specific. Actually, I don't want to get into that. What is a lot of people get into insurance or maybe financial planning mm-hmm. and don't succeed. Why do you think that is? I think your age has a lot to do with it. Uh, if you're younger than 25 and in financial planning, it's an uphill battle. It's hard. Because the target market, think about it. I'm not looking to get a 21-year-old to save and invest for their future because a lot of them, they just are not going to do it. They're, mm-hmm. they're more fixated on they're going to live for the rest of their life. So the target market is over 25, married, homeowners, kids, make over $80,000 household income. Those are the pedigree of somebody that's actually gonna have some type of success in the business. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a residually commissioned industry. So over time, it pays you more and more and more and more and more. So again, you know, somebody getting in initially, they should know they have to pay the price. To me, just like anything else, you might as well pay the price upfront and in full. We all know that, right? Because mm-hmm. at any point, whether you're paying the price up front or you're paying the price later, you're still paying the price. Yep. So for me, get it out of the way. And I would argue that once you get it out of the way or attempt to get it out of the way up front and in full, it sets the right habits in place. And now you start to have this insane work ethic and habit of getting whatever you'd like to anytime you'd want to. I like that. I like so, that a lot. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Tony, why don't you go ahead? Give us All your right. famous question. Here it is. The famous question. Oh, shit. At the end of the day. Oh, shit. And I want you to look right in that fucking camera lens and tell everybody at the end of the day, what is your message to the world? Mm. My message to the world is this. This is what got me when I initially changed my personal life. Change what you're currently doing to change what you're currently getting. Mm. We all have exact things that we do on a day-to-day, and it's gotten the results that we're at today. In order for me to change that, I need to change what I'm doing to change what I'm getting. Mm. Boom. Love that. Love that. It's a, it's a stronger iteration of what got you here won't get you there. Nope. It's really commonsensical when you think about it. It's, you know, common sense just ain't too common anymore. You nope. know, if... Uh, There's no if, such thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, everyone wants to hear the next big thing. And I understand it. You know, over time, you get certain 
quotes and, and people say things specifically that just are notched in you. But if, if you have a big goal, all you got to do is just think about your goal every single day, every single day, every single day. And ultimately, you'll accomplish anything that you, that you want to. Manny Soto, CEO of Financial Architects. Last thing, tell us where people can find you. So people can find me on the gram. Instagram handle is Money Business Manny. Uh, the name of my company is The Financial Architects. We're based out of Chino Hills, California. You can reach us at our website, which is tfawealthplanning.com, uh, or Google us. Or you could find him getting bottle service. And niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Manny. Manny, Manny. All right, guys. Thank you so much, guys. See you guys yeah. next time on Two Dudes, Three Legs.